guys welcome to the show um because uh reasons reasons we weren't here it's hard to schedule mark has a new a new shedgy so it's hard to get us all together what's up to our sidekicks <laughs> and henchmen out there in the geek nation you're listening to spoiler alerts yeah yeah we're still working on that that yeah, stinger I need you need something the intro stinger I need a high-pitched something um yeah it's it's i'm your host johnny destructor with me this week is noel just Noel, and uh, you can you could tweet at him at Mr. Bartocci on Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, B A R T O C C I. Yeah, yeah. And so Mark, as I had said, is not able to join us because he's too busy making money. Good for him. Good on him. Uh, so it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. But we're going to be talking about this week's books, and we're going to be starting off with some emails. Mm-hmm. One email. Um, e-mailio, mailio, mailio, mailio. I was going to give it another mailio oh. before you go up to the high, the Ma- mailio. I mean, okay. No, I, See, feel, a lot of I feel like prof- listeners knew what I was trying to do. Prof- professionals, you know what professionals do? They've got actual pre-recorded stingers. Oh, maybe, <sighs> maybe the charm is that it's... Always on the spot. Yes. Maybe By that's the what it seat is. of our pants. Pantaloons. This is an email from Christopher St. Saucy Sweet Dreams. Mm-hmm. The title of which is what? The title is, my actual name is Goodnight. You don't think I've heard of every joke about it possible, period? You aren't clever, period. I mean, I wasn't doing it to... Be clever. Be clever, or... Oh, I don't, th- or I don't think anyone... Yeah. I don't think anyone thinks we're clever. I don't <laughs> think anyone thinks that we think we're clever. No. No. Um, I, I do. I do question the sassafras. Well, also too, why would I think immediately that Goodnight is a real name yeah. if the one preceding it is Saint Saucy? <laughs> I didn't think that that was on your birth certificate, yeah. my friend. <laughs> so, so as far as yeah. I'm concerned, as soon as the Y in Saucy ends, yeah. it's all free game. Yeah, it's, and especially if it's not in quotes. Yeah. <laughs> so his, his first name is Saint. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, oh, so he starts off with some sass. Oh, you yeah. aren't clever. And then the first sentence of this email is, you couldn't bother to answer my question about your favorite free comic book day issues? More sass. I, were we even, did we even talk during free comic book day weekend? Well, he had emailed us, and he, I think it was part of one of his diatribes, and we oh. just happened to skip over it by accident. That's fair. Uh, but also, my answer is, I didn't read any of them. Yeah. So, that's, that's your answer. I read two of them. What'd you read? Uh, I read the Spider-Man one. The Donny Cates Spider-Man one. Oh. And I read Avengers. Just because I, I've been reading Avengers the whole time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. That, I, and I Which one was I, your I favorite grabbed, to answer his I, specific question? Oh, and I grabbed Bloodshot, but I didn't crack it open. Yeah. Um, But no, Free Comic Book... You know what? I want to start... With what was my favorite, I want to start with... Free Comic Book Day is... I almost feel in a, in a way it's not necessarily for me. Right. No, of course not. I'm reading all the stuff that... I, I'm a frequent goer. Yeah. I'm a frequent shopper here. Or just for comics in general. Mm-hmm. So free comic book day is to bring people in, not necessarily like 
finish my stories or what are you going to do for me? It's just more like a, it's a nice thing. Yeah. Uh, so I have no pre, I have no expectations for pre comic day. But I will say, so the Spider Man issue by Donny Cates, Marvel in the last couple of years has used free comic book day to just like tease stuff that's coming in the next yeah. six months, one year kind of thing. So the Spider Man one was um, kind of a precursor to this absolute carnage event yeah. that's coming. Mm-hmm. So the first half of the issue was that it was essentially, and it was it was Ryan Stegman did the art. So it was essentially a half issue of the Venom run that they've been doing this whole mm-hmm. time. It was. It was about Eddie Brock. Right. Um, now, by half it, issue of, of Venom, do you mean it was literally from a pre-existing issue? No. Oh, it's it's, it's it's like a point one issue. Great. Okay, like cool. something in between or point five. I, I, they're stupid. Arbitrary numbering. Um, and then the second half of the book was uh, um, Miles and Peter are swinging around talking about the best pizza in New York, whether it's in Brooklyn or Queens. It's a cute story, but yeah. it was just it was also inconsequential. So it was just like a breezy read. That gotcha. was fine. And then the other one that I, it was it was good, but the other one that I read was Avengers, and it was it was perfect. It was just, hey, you've been reading Avengers. This is coming up in the next year, so it was a bunch of um, vignettes, baroque teases. No, mm-hmm. it was like a full story, but oh. it was like in a future state of where the Avengers will eventually be. Oh. And, and knowing Jason Aaron likes to do these like long runs and yeah, just shows does, up, yeah. so it was like a weird amalgam version of the Avengers that were also the Star Jammers. So it was like what the. F- Captain Corsair, and it was Steve Rogers and and uh, Thor Brood, like a brood monster that was Thor. What the it was? F- it was super weird. It was like a what if thing. It doesn't sound like a real thing, yeah. but it was. It was actually really fun. It was. It was. I'm stupid sad fun. that I didn't read yeah. that. I, I, you know what? I bring might. St- I have the issue. I'll bring, bring it, it by. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta read <laughs> this. Um, Jason Aaron is. I don't know if he's my favorite writer. But he's certainly in like the top three contemporary writers right now. Yeah, he finds a, like I think he takes he he digs through like the history of of wacky comic books mm-hmm. and just uses them as like dares. Yeah, like oh, you think that sounds stupid on paper? Doing it. I'm yeah, I'm yeah. doing it. I'm doing it hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, I got to read that. That's awesome. It was really fun. Uh, I do have to catch up on Avengers as well. I'm a little behind on that. Still great. Um, his email continues, hopefully sans uh, attitude. Let's see. I did pick up three books and actually read two of them. The first was Interceptor by that Donny Cates guy. I really enjoyed it and was looking forward to a new series, and then I discovered it's a 2015 miniseries. Bummer. First off, the back issues are expensive, and I'm of the opinion that Free Comic Book Day should be used to launch new series like it did with The Six Gun, Shadow Roads, and The Umbrella Academy back in the day, not to give out reprints of old series that have super famous authors now. The only other exception is the four or five Atomic Robo specials that came out back in the day that have stopped coming since it moved from Red 5 to IDW. Bring those back, IDW. I did read Red 5's Barbarian story that came out, but I doubt I'll stick with it. Speaking of Barbarians, did you see that Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato have a new series coming out called Berserker Unbound, which is a measly four issues? What is the point of that? That's not even a decent-sized trade. Um, so many thoughts. So um, Start from the top. Okay, here we go. So I was going to say, how do you feel about how they should handle free comic book days? Do you have an opinion? Um, I think if you're going to have a issue like that like mm-hmm. interceptor by donny cates i thought it was a new series i didn't realize it wasn't mm-hmm. a reprint of an old series or that it was a reprint of an old series and uh i agree that if you are doing a single issue for a free comic book day you 100 percent need to have a trade paperback available well he said the back issues he said nothing about the trade oh well then tough titty toenails i mean yeah you don't have to have i mean you're gonna go back it, like so 
all I want, I don't need the single issues. But I, if you're going to do a thing like that, you need to have a trade available. Absolutely. And I bet they do. Look it up real quick. I, that's I, I what bet I'm they doing. do. I'm I bet it. they do. I'm doing I bet it. they do. Uh, it sounds it. it sounds like um, a collector concern and not necessarily like a readership concern. Exactly. Volume one will be out six nineteen. Perfect. Oh, so that's it, all I want. That's well, that's they were they were kicking it off because this is something that fell through the cracks. Yeah. So, um, uh, Mr. Saint Saucy, Sweet Dreams for you. It is an original graphic novel. There we yeah. go. Ha-ha! Yeah, it's an OGN. It is something <laughs> hey! that's coming out. Solved it. Uh, you're welcome. If you liked it, be sure to patron your nearest you're, local. Your local, <laughs> and also my Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, Red Five, Atomic Robo, blah blah blah. I, I, you know what? I'm of two minds. Like I like what Marvel does, where it just kind of like tees up stuff that's coming. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also am cool with original stories. But to be honest with you, reprints are fun too. There's a lot of stuff that I've never read. Mm-hmm. And like Interceptor. Honestly, hey, hey, by the way, here's a free entry point. Have fun. Yeah. Sure. I I don't know. I don't think there's also, a right way yeah. or a wrong way. Also, you don't get to have an opinion. It's, it's a free, free book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, but but you know what though, with that said though, I do I would prefer some original content from the larger two. Yes. Well, so, back in the day, you would get things like um, a kickoff issue from DC. Now, the thing that frustrated me this month, this year, is I don't think DC had a free comic book day delivery. They did their twenty-five cent. They did a twenty-five cent thing the week before. They did last last year too. Oh, did they? Yeah, last year too. It was um, it wasn't Rebirth, was it? There was a twenty-five cent issue. Ugh. Oh no, yeah, it was the su- um, it's where Super uh, Bendis's first Superman. Mm-hmm. Work was it was, yeah. I, but I forgot what the it was like. This one was year of the villain that was oh DC Nation there DC Nation go. number one was yeah. twenty five cents and it was a a bunch of short stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, I I do want original content from the top two. But other than that, reprint it. Give me this. Give me that. It's mm-hmm. fine as long as it's available. Yeah. Um, and now Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato Berserker Unbound four issues. I'm fine with that. I don't really care how long a miniseries is as I, long as it's good. I mean. Yeah, that's that's big enough for a trade. Yeah. You don't know what the page count's going to be. Also, too, a lot of trades, are, as long as the price point of the trade makes sense, mm-hmm. $10 for four issues or like $12 yeah. at tops. As long as it's not $20 also, for four issues. I'm also not going to read it because I don't really like Mike Diodano that much. Oh, I don't. Also, I'm sorry, my, like barbarian stories aren't necessarily my cup of tea either. Mm-hmm. But I hope you're excited, and I think that you should get all four issues anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um... What was I going to say? Yeah, Barbarians. Unless it's, it's, I've kind of enjoyed these bonkers books that have been coming out recently, like Murder Falcon. So if, if Berserker Unbound is like a Murder Falcon type story or like Shirtless Bear Fighter, like there's <laughs> these weird books that have been coming out here and there uh, that are just sort of off from left field and really fun. Yeah, it's the kind of stuff that you can't yeah. do in other mediums too. And I think that's like comic books have like this special little niche where they can mm. get away with shit like that because yeah. the, like the the life cycle of from inception to the comic book stands is much l- smaller compared to other mediums and other mm-hmm. like art forms. You know, like a TV show takes a year, yeah. A movie takes two, three years, depending on how far it goes. But with the comic book, it's like I've got this wild idea, fun and mm-hmm. done. So like they could do this weird, crazy mm-hmm. shit, which is fun. But and I would love it if Mike Diodato would use this as an opportunity to change his style up, or or at least like his inkers. Or well, no, I th- it's all digital. I think he does it all himself. It's the muddiest, darkest art. I know. I know. I, well, he loves it, and, and a as lot long, of other yeah, people love it. As long as everyone else is happy, it's not for me. Yeah. That's fine. Um, all right, let's move on to. Do you want to get to? Oh, you want to get to the books? Do you want to get to the books? books? Let's get to the books. Well, before we get to the books, I have a, I have a request. Oh, okay. Um, I uh, we've I, I was recently on vacation not too long ago, and I 
took that as an opportunity to catch up on all the trades that I have just stacked oh, right. to read. So I, I, I caught up on a couple of things, and one thing in particular that I wanted to bring up, because honestly, it was completely off of my radar forever, mm-hmm. um, is Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt's The Wild Storm. <gasps> oh. Which is, so my history of this, I have never read Wildcats. I've never read, the only thing in the Wildstorm universe that I even bothered reading was the first 12 issues of Authority <sighs> 10 years ago. Yeah. So I had no relationship to this at all. Um, but another podcast that I was listening that I listened to, I fanboy, two years ago when this started, they would mention it here and there and it's really good. I was like, you know what, I'll pick up a trade here and there. Mm-hmm. Forgot all about it. Finally decided to to restart reading this on the plane. And I ate through the whole first trade in uh, like a two hour period just sure. sitting on the plane to Florida. Wow. This was fantastic. What? And and knowing the so it's it's huh. like a it's almost like a um uh, a very bare bones retelling of the Wildstorm universe, as far as I could tell. Like my Having pop no culture, of it, my yeah. pop culture knowledge of it. So it's just like the 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 surface level information and the and the character designs that I know about. It's almost like a. It, it made me feel like it was a television adaptation or or a miniseries adaptation. Sure. So that he streamlined it to its bare bones and what was important, and just started telling the story. Mm-hmm. And then every once in a while, I would I would I would get a reference. I'd be like, "Oh, that's supposed to be Grifter, right? Oh, that's supposed to be this, or oh, that's the character from the Authority they're talking about." I get it, but it's just so good on its own. Really, all yeah, right. This was so, really really fun. I believe uh, on the on spoiler alert. We mm-hmm. reviewed the first issue way back. Way back, and we were all of the mind of like, eh, "This is fine." This and then I don't, I didn't, I didn't jump back on at all. Uh, I really am turned off by the art in this book. It doesn't really speak to me. Uh, I like all the Jim Lee covers in the back. That looks lovely, <laughs> um, but the artist doesn't really speak to me. So this would be very. Um, the, the story in this is key. So the key, the story would have to keep me involved. Because um, sometimes I can skate through a story that's a little thin or a little wonky because the art is so nice, but this is going to be dependent entirely upon the story. The tone of it was was very like pleasing to me too. It almost felt like taking that big bombast of the uh, mid to early to mid nineties mm-hmm. like big comic books, but like mm-hmm. filtering it through something smaller or or more ground level like global frequency. Yeah, like just taking those ideas and putting them through a much more like grounded kind of mm-hmm. science fiction filter sure, instead yeah. of superheroes and well, it was just it's really fun awesome. and um well it's it, leading up to something isn't it yeah, well yeah as soon as i finished this first trade i think there's four trades or i don't really even know what the, the issue count is right now yeah but um i read just recently like this past week that they're doing a almost like an event style miniseries and also too the the back matter of this is a letter from warren ellis kind of explaining that he was so this is an imprint of his. It's just like how Young Animal was mm-hmm. and how... Um, what is it? What's it called? The Wild Storm? The Wild Storm. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so Jim Lee asked him, like, hey, do you want to... Take this over? ...your way, yeah. redo Wildstorm altogether? And he was like, yes. And he, he's calling it a tiered, like, uh, tiered release of books. Okay. But he's like, yeah, but it's not what you think. Like, some books will be two years apart. Okay. Like, he's, he's doing it on his own pace, and he's yeah. probably going to retell the entirety of the Wildstorm universe in yeah. this kind of format, but mm-hmm. slow and deliberate, Okay, which I think is great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Uh, and to answer your question, there are 23 issues. The 23rd issue is not out yet, and it looks like it's still going. So Yeah. Can you imagine anything else that's t- that takes two years to get to the next, like, volume? It's know, just right? great. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll have to check it out. So is that it, Noel? Can we continue on with the show, or do you have uh, other stuff you want to sidetrack us with? 
no, that's pretty much it. Unless I can come up with some stuff if you want. I read other things, but I don't know if it's worth noting. I read Echo. The Echo? first, yeah. Oh, Terry, Terry Moore. Yeah, because Ooh. a couple weeks ago I tried out Five Years, even though having never read Strangers in Paradise. Yeah. But or, and, and I kind of dug it, or yeah. any of the other, or Rachel Motor Rising, Girl, or, or Rachel Motor- Rising. <laughs> I own Motor Girl and Echo, so I was like, I'm going to read one of these. Yeah. And so I, I started reading Echo. It was really good so far. Yeah. But I'm not done, so I have no opinion. All right, well, let's get on to this week's books, my friend Noel. Is that okay with you? Yeah, I can go for a little longer, but I, I think we'll, no. we'll do it. Okay, no. sorry, sorry. So, uh, we're going to start off with Spider-Man Life Story number three, The 80s, by Chip Zarsky and Mark Bagley. And uh, I literally, this morning, so uh, we decided what we're going to talk about today. I caught up on Spider-Man Life Story. I read number two, I read number three. After I'm reading number two, about three quarters of the way through number two, I tweeted about how much I love number two and how great this is. So... Mark underscore L underscore Miller does not like alternate versions of characters. That's my bread and butter. I love it. So anytime a Spider-Man story comes out where it's like, here's the story of Spidey, but a little bit different, I will eat that up like delicious cake with no icing because I don't like icing on my cake. But yeah, that's my jam. So number two happened and I went, oh, this is so much fun. And they did the thing with... uh, like, oh, he's married to Gwen Stacy now. Isn't that cute? And they have a little... uh, um, I was going to say family, but they are a family together. Mm-hmm. And things are going pretty well. And then there's a scene with him and MJ. And MJ calls out the fact that she has known that Peter was Spider-Man since he was 15 years old. I don't know if you remember, there was an OGN that came out way back in the day called Parallel Lives. Parallel Lives, And um, that revealed that MJ literally, she's, you know, because before you even met the character in the comic books, was living or visiting next door with her, yeah, her aunt. Yeah, her aunt lived next door. Yeah. Right. And he's, he, she sees Peter climbing out of his window as Spider-Man when, he, when she's 15. <laughs> oh, so, that's peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> Never so, mentions it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I like that they even touched on that in here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that second issue was uh, was wild. Like it was a, it was almost like a a, a reversal of the Clone Saga, and mm-hmm. it ended in a very wicked way um, that still made still made Peter partly responsible or inadvertently responsible oh, for Gwen's brutal. death. Brutal. So when yeah, when um, Harry tosses the pumpkin bombs in and blows up all the clones. Did not even occur to me, but it's... Oh, also, the Black Goblin. Look at that. Look yeah. at that costume. Spidey's costume in this book have been a blech, but I think this Black go- Goblin costume is pretty dope. So, yeah, the fact that it was Gwen in the tube mm-hmm. and the clone was not... Yes, the real Gwen, Gwen was being preserved for creepy Professor Warren. Uh, yeah, the jackal. And he saved the life of the clone. Meanwhile, his wife died in a tube alone. Ugh. That's in so a bu- awful. burning building. Yeah, like the, even the, even Bagley's drawing of it, it was just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, but before we delve even any deeper, you have a good point. We should tell them what the book is about. So Spider-Man Life Story is an interesting take where they decided, hey, let's do this character who was created in 1963, question mark? Early 60s. Yeah, and we're going to have him age in real time. So each one of these issues, which I believe is a... Is it six issues or... I think it's going to end up being six. Yikes. 60 years, right? he's aging in real time. Yeah, for still like from 16 to 76. Yeah, while also tapping into whatever the big story of that decade is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So uh, this one deals very heavily with the Clone Saga. Uh, Issue two. Issue two was was Clone Saga. Yeah. And then 
which wraps up in 1978, the year I was born. How do you feel about this? Like, if my Sushan, right, if my wife was cloned yeah. and uh, the original died and I still had a clone of my wife who had all of the memories and feelings and, and life experiences of the Sushan that I knew, mm-hmm. I don't think I would be like horrified and abandon her like this is this is the end is this is kind of weird where it's like there's a clone of peter and there's a clone of gwen so i guess they're both clones i guess we'll send them off together yeah because uh peter prime was uh you know maybe he wasn't weirded out so much as didn't forgive himself for letting the other gwen die so he was just and the the clones are like well we might as well smash uglies i don't know i feel (laughs) like it's it's like you know with a kitten right if you you know if you're if, you're, well, if I, your I pet think, dies and I you think, just get another pet to replace I think your him. wife is a little <laughs> <laughs> the the, the, uh, the connection you have with your spouse should should be, be stronger than a kitten, but then again, kittens are cute. Kittens are pretty adorable. <laughs> so anyway, long story short, I really love this episode. Let's get to number three because that's the the most recent one, the 1980s. And boy, did this like I understand thematically. Everything I just said was dark, mm-hmm. right? But for some reason, there was an element of fun to it and surprise to it that kept me on the seat, seat of my pants or on the uh, the tip of your pantaloons. T- yes, and uh, this one is even darker. It starts off with the Secret Wars, and Mary Jane and he are married. They've been married because now it's 1984, so they've been married for six years. And uh, he disappears into the Secret Wars for many, many weeks Weeks. while during her ninth month of pregnancy with their twins. So that's pretty dark. And then while he's gone. The Cold War explodes between Russia and America because all of the superheroes in America disappeared. So there's like nukes going off and stuff. Uh, luckily, the Vision was able to turn the missile for Manhattan intangible, and uh, Parker Industries is still around or is around in this alternate universe. And so they're working on these radiation sponges and all this other stuff. So there's a lot going on. And then on top of that, they decide to include Craven's Last Hunt. Yeah, well, you you completely passed over the symbiote, too. Oh, and the symbiote. Yes, of course. So there's a lot going on, but this one is real dark, and uh, Peter eventually becomes a sort of venom to track down, because he's buried during the um, Craven's Last Hunt storyline, and instead of being able to dig his way out, the symbiote frees itself and latches onto Peter to help him escape, and then almost murders Craven. Oh, and also we're dealing with... Aunt May's got like Alzheimer's she's, now. Yeah, she's 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 deep senile. in the throes of dementia. Jesus, she takes his twins and just like goes and disappears somewhere. She wanders off with babies and and it's oh a whole my thing. god. And honestly, too, like they get into um, Mary Jane doesn't feel safe mm-hmm. with her kids with Aunt May anymore, and he's, for lack of a better term, an absentee father because mm-hmm. of all of his responsibilities. Um, so she, she leaves. Unbelievable. So uh, this is dark and painful. Yes. But I still really like it mm-hmm. because it is it's realistically and in a, it's it's showing us just how shitty Peter Parker can be and or is mm-hmm. if he kept going in the same direction yep. that he started. Right. And we never get to see this because of the, you know, the perpetual second act of comic books and you mm-hmm. never really see him age. But if he stayed that same person over and over again, he would actively and more harshly destroy the relationships around yep. him and the perfect um in this story like in this version of of his timeline or the story um he worked for reed richards for a period of time mm-hmm. um and you 
catch up again with Reed Richards while they're in the Secret Wars, and you see that like Reed abandoned his, or abandoned his family and yeah. pushed away his wife, and so he's alone now. There's no Fantastic Four because mm-hmm. he also went on that same path of the science and the work is more important than yeah yeah. So like it's almost like a weird funhouse mirror of if these if these characters were given the same level of uh, evolution as just a normal human, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be happy. <laughs> Yeah, it would it's be off pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, I do love that conversation. They had an issue, too, though, with Peter and Reed about the unstable molecules and the fashion industry and making clothes and how if he just made unstable molecules for everybody, uh, they wouldn't have to change clothes. They wouldn't have to do anything, rebuy all these things. And that would sort of crash the global economy because mm-hmm. no one's buying clothes anymore. So I was like, oh, that's actually kind of an interesting choice. Um, so I like that conversation a lot. Yeah, it was a, it was a way of like... One of the other natural conversations would be just what if you had all these powers and these abilities, wouldn't you immediately try to affect the world around you? But mm-hmm. read from the perspective of you can't just tip over the apple cart. You have to actually just like slowly try and, you know, rebuild it or replace it without mm-hmm. ruining everything in your path. This is a really interesting as hell story. Yeah. Yeah. And by the end of it, he's going to be 76. Oh my God. <laughs> and I like how in the '90s the the cover he's very he's he's thick. These are beautiful covers. There, uh, the, Zarsky drew them, I believe. Yeah, he did. Uh, Zarsky did the um, the covers, and Bagley is doing all the interior art. And mm-hmm. it's really cool seeing Bagley kind of do these this kind of story. I, I invariably, I'm always going to to consider his Spider Man Ultimate Spider Man because he yeah. did 120 issues of yep, it. Yep. So seeing him kind of tackle like. Aging, aging Peter Parker with the with the sweater vest and pop collar and mm-hmm. and graying hair and like it's it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah no, it's this is fun. a bucket of fun. I like it a lot. I mean, I guess fun isn't maybe the word. No, this is the last very dark. I was yeah. just like, yes, she's dead. Yes, <laughs> it was great. Um, all right, so that's that. What's next? Well, do you want to? Uh, we'll take a really really quick diversion into Age of X Men. Yeah. So I have given up on the Age of X Men. I mean, I've emotionally given up. Mm-hmm. But I'm no, I'm physically reading not reading it anymore. Yeah. Um, every so often you make me read an issue and I go, oh, that was pretty fun. Uh, so, okay, so Age of X-Man, Next Gen, number four by Ed Brisson and Marcus Toe. Yes. Two? Uh, toe. toe. Yeah. Two? Toe. But go. Marcus also. Marcus, two Look, you. there's Starfire in his yeah. three-piece suit again, but with um, like the mask, the uh, full head mask on. This is the next men version of or, or um, side of the story, all this, the students in the mm-hmm. school and... Uh, glob, oh, there's maggot. Glob melting his bio shit on people, so they remember the truth of. Um, this when this started, this actually was like one of my the, my favorite of them all. Yeah, I remember really liking it because it was it was a it was a nifty little almost like um it felt it felt very much like um Morrison's X Men mm-hmm. where you focused a lot on these side characters at the school like with Beak and yeah. stuff. So yeah. th- I like I really dug that vibe. I am now bored with it. Ah. And Dang it. I I read this but I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Uh so Anol, the green broccoli head guy kid who yeah. knows the truth or keeps keeps taking this drug unveil which is um it's it's this uh it's this inhaler that or gas that you can you you could see past um Nate X's Magic, magic, yeah, yeah. or what is mental, whatever. Um, he keeps taking it, so he keeps finding out the truth. Um, and Glob, Armor, and now Rockslide know the truth also because Glob shares his 
mumbo jumbo with them. It doesn't really matter. Either way, they're trying to stop him from enacting a a bomb. Uh, yeah. So this group that um, this this group that he's been going to see on the sly is they're essentially terrorists, and yeah. he's going to blow up a, a library. Also, I see stuff in here with um, Blob and um, with the purple hair, Betsy. Betsy. Yeah, there's no direct conversation really. It's like just um, seeing them in the panel, sure, but there's no because they're they're part of the stars of um, what's the other one? Dead. Exter- extermin- exterminators, ex- ex- extremists, extremists. Extremists. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Department X. Yeah. Um, which is now is my favorite of these five. Even though series. that started as the one you hated. Yeah, that started and, as yeah. the one I hated the most, and now it's my favorite because they stopped. Well, well, really, like Bobby's not even in it that yeah. much. <laughs> it's just about Neo-Nazi Blob and Bobby. Betsy. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. I, I, I'm just trudging through now. Okay. I, I, I don't care. Well, okay, um, I want though, this okay. to be over. So that's what you have to say about Next Gen number four. But what about Age of X-Men, Marvelous X-Men number four by Nadler and Thompson? What do you think about that one? By Zach Thompson and Lon- Lonnie Nadler with art by Marco Fiela. The only cool thing that happened in this book is a that it ended? orgy in the middle of London. Ooh. Yeah. I like I like London orgies. So Apocalypse. Sh- um, I do. I do like that's my go to search on RedTube. Uh, of London orgies. London orgies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Consensual, of course. Um, how many? How many videos is that? Like twenty? It's one. Forty? It's one. It's one. It's one. <laughs> it's just one video. I just watch the same video over and over again. Um, yeah, this was fine. Um, I, the inherent flaw with all of these books is that the 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 conflict is that they've created a world with no conflict. Yeah, and it's. It's boring. Super boring. But not in like I need everybody to punch people kind of way. It's just it's it's spinning it, over the course of like 25 issues now oh, uh, of all like yeah. four of the series or whatever or 20 issues. They've maybe hit uh, on, a, on a macro level. They've maybe hit three different plot points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Over the course of twenty something yep, issues, yep. and it's just it's slow and it's boring. And I, don't I like have it. to wonder about like the Marvel office, is there or any, just is the X Men thing? Is the, now the, the X Men office? Now that we know that they're ending Re- and relaunching and and going yeah. in a completely different direction, is this supposed to be just spinning wheels? Well, I, that's you know, part of me is wondering: is this doing so poorly that they were like, we gotta, ju- we gotta, we gotta do something, guys, because this isn't doing what know. we had hoped it would do. If you ask any of them, I they say that this was the plan all along that he was going to take like, that Hickman was going to come and uh-huh. and save the books, hopefully, yeah, yeah. wreck the ship. Mm-hmm. Mm. But yeah, I just wonder if they're in the X office going, well, we can't just stop the books, can we? I guess we got to finish this. Oh no, man! But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe everyone's buying it. I don't know. The the there is one interesting thing that happened in this. So one of the only characters that's kind of been fun to watch in this Marvelous ser- X Men, this Marvelous X Men series, has been Colossus. Mm-hmm. He's you know like that first. He's got I think one it was arm. two or three issues ago where he saw Kitty for the first time and he just was painting a purple dragon in his alone time. So it was just like that that idea of this person that he knows but doesn't know is seeping mm-hmm. into his subconscious. In this issue, which was kind of cool, in the big orgy, she's there and he goes to it like goes to reach for her to like to stop her cuz she's with Apocalypse. He phases through her and in that second, 
he actually sees their past. Like he, oh. he witnesses all of these moments that they've had together and he immediately turns around and kisses her. Oh, neat. So like this, the, the plot is actually thickening in this book a little bit. So mm-hmm. like he, he immediately in a split second decides to go against everything that he's ever known, kisses this stranger, shocks her. And then at the end of the issue, District X knocks on his door, attacks him, mm-hmm. and then it cuts away and you sit, they, you know, the cliffhanger is that someone was murdered. There's you, been a murder. Yeah, and you don't know who it was or how or whatever. And this it's the nature girl that says, hey, who the I don't fuck like is this. nature girl? H- Horns McGillicuddy. Okay. I don't know. Have we, is she new? And I just, is she an old ex character and I just don't know it? I don't know. Uh, do I care? Nope. Right now, no. All right. Uh, these are. Uh, how many, how many left? 70. Are there, so this is number four. I think each, each mini is five. Great. So there's maybe one more month of minis, and then you've got like the Omega issue, Age of X-Men, blah, gotcha. blah, blah. God damn it. Well, you enjoy it, buddy. <sighs> yeah. Even like the amount of time it's taken you to describe the issues to me, I still feel like it was like a waste of my time. Well, I just wish there was something new to describe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hey, so The Amazing Spider-Man number 21, Hunted, part five. Speaking of long stories, uh, this is by Nick Spencer and Gerardo Sandoval. Sandoval. And uh, this this is still going. Um, I, I feel like we, we need to be wrapping this up real quick. Uh, I'm getting tired of it. It's only five technical, or five issues of story, right? Six. But then there's all of the point HU issues. So it's like ten. Yeah. I think there's going to be like a wrap up prologue too, Ugh. or epilogue. We so. gotta we gotta wrap this up, guys. Yeah, so it's like six basic issues, then four point HU issues, uh-huh. and then like uh, an epilogue. So okay. it'll end up being it's going to end up being like a big old collection. Either way, like I've enjoyed this all along. Yeah, this this issue it wasn't weak. It's just setting up for the finale. So mm-hmm. it's like it's breezier and it's fine. Yeah. Um, well, it's not breezy. I mean, Spidey still has to. Rip a, a microchip off of uh, the spine. Well, I, I mean, I mean, like the Doctor Connors. The tone of it, it's just like set yeah. up, set up, set up, set up. Gotcha. Sets up the the lizard at the very end of it, and then now we're gonna have a fight. Craven finally got on, got into his his outfit, his regalia. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is just this is the beginning. This is the beginning of the third act, or the mm-hmm. beginning of the climax. I hope so. Yeah. It's good. I'm still enjoying it. It's nice. Um, lo- some nice little surprises and stuff, but. Uh, I yeah. didn't. I didn't overly love the art changeup. Me neither. It's somebody who is supposed to look like Humberto Ramos enough that you don't miss, miss Humberto Ramos. Uh, I missed. Humberto I miss Ramos. Humberto Ramos for sure. Especially in Spidey's costume. Yeah. I I very much dislike the Grendel eyes. The super Grendel eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it. It's interesting. Uh, it also, the the weird transition from so at the end of last issue, he was a- attacked by um, a bunch of genetically enhanced vermin, yeah, cloned vermin, and the majority of the issue, he's getting just decimated, about to die, and then mm-hmm. it transitions into he was taken and then, or he was he was saved, and by then, Craven, and then put into a new costume. Yeah, his other costume was all. But then also, torn to like shreds. he lifts his shirt, and it. Like I'm sorry, does he have scales for skin? Yeah, is it weird yeah. armor that's supposed to be abs? I actually read the panel three or four times, being like, "What am I looking? Is at? he transforming into an yeah. animal? Is something happening?" But no, it's just how this artist decided to draw, draw abs. abs, stomach, stomach abs. It looks like it's the scorpion's costume underneath, but, uh, but it looks it, like the scorpion colored, con- colored, con- colored with cracks Caucasian. in it. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, 
so this uh, of the nine issues so far that we've read, mm-hmm. I think this might have been the weakest one. Yeah, <laughs> right before the end. So, which uh, honestly, it's not a not terrible batting average. Yeah, it's doing pretty well. Um, I just hope they wrap it up real quick and move on to the next thing. Uh, Batman. Batman. Number 71. So, you guys have been reading the Nightmare story that was like seven to nine parts, I think. <laughs> it felt like it. And uh, that's finally over. I sat and caught up yesterday. And so, I read all the way through 71 by Tom King and Mikhail Janin and uh, Jorge Fornes. And um, it's actually, I like the Jorge Fornes art. It looks a little bit like um, like an issue of Gotham Central. It's larky. It's very larky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas opposed to when Sandoval is supposed to look like um, Humberto Ramos, this looks like Lark, but it's still real good that I like don't miss yeah, Lark. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah. So basically... This is set up to look like Batman has broken out of the constraints of the nightmare storyline where um, he's been dreaming and being fed fear toxins by the scarecrow and all this other stuff. And it went on way too long. He could have done that in two issues tops and still gotten us to this point. It would have been fine. However, by the end, he's still losing. I thought this was going to be his big breakout. Right. And uh, takedown of Bane. And he gets he gets all of the Bat family together. He calls everybody that he can, uh, so that he can go and take down Arkham Asylum and Bane, and who's, who's running everything. And they get there, and it's just the regular Arkham people being like, "What are you talking about? There's we're fine, we're good." Um, and so even the Bat family has turned against him by the end here, including Alfred, which feels weird. I, yeah. Well, first of all, yes. Um, this is real, right? I, or is it another nightmare? If it is, I'm gonna set. I'm not only am I gonna drop the book, I'm gonna set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, the nightmare run. The, uh, this is the first. This is the second of of, uh, of two parts so far. Yes. Um, so like nightmare ended. The first issue back was him waking up from the nightmares and then just punching his way through Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. which to me was a very boring issue. And I was like, this is yeah. It's it was literally just a bunch of tiny splashes with more postulating on top of it it's just like another quote oh it's so tiresome it's like somebody reading the odyssey to him punching everyone i was i was just really bothered by the self-righteous or pompousness of it i I just want you to tell of the writing of the writing yeah i just want you to tell me a story now stop it with the because it was like the eighth issue of tom king's work that 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 happened followed that same format yeah yeah uh, yeah in like a matter of two months that's how i felt about secret empire yeah. You're showing me a thing, you're showing me a battle, but then it's just someone speechifying on top of it. Yeah, I was yeah. I'm just tired of it. So so this, this one issue, feels like a full issue though. Well, I'm, I like this issue. It was confusingly structured. Mm-hmm. So like the conversation he's having with the Bat family is happening at the same time as him meeting up with Alfred and Bane who has broken into They're telling the, it. They're telling him at the, the same mansion. time, but which one happened first or after? I don't I, I'm not really sure about so like did did Alfred did he did Bane and his dad which he doesn't really mention his his dead father is there in the room mm-hmm. did that happen before he goes and mobilizes I, in my head because the first thing he does is he 
is a call to arms yeah. to gather all of these uh, Bat family members together. So in my head, that happens. They go to Storm Arkham Asylum. He punches Robin real like that, the, like the meme mm-hmm. where Batman just slaps Robin in the face. And then I think he goes home and he's there at the beginning of this issue. He's there holding his head in his hands. Because he's already been let down by his family. He thinks let down by his family. So this is him after that. Mm-hmm. And then the story is... And then he got an intruder alert. Okay. Yes. And then okay, Bane there. is there at the at the dinner table. And uh, All right. And... Uh, uh, um, but like... So even with that, I still have that issue with who the fuck is Batman these days? And I also think that he's acting real weird. Um, no, Alfred just, is being real strange. I... But who's Batman now? Like, he's still the... I just don't recognize this character. Right. And I... I, Maybe five or six issues of him getting mm-hmm. over a breakup yeah. would do that. But that was like 25 issues ago. Mm-hmm. Also, too, his son died at one point, mm-hmm. and he didn't take this long or yeah. was broken this much. To, it, if that's what they're trying to tell me, that this breakup was so hard that he's literally going against every single character motivation or, mm-hmm. or, or tick that he ever had before and turning on all of his friends and family and punching Gordon in the face and, and punching Robin and, in the face and, and beating up a catatonic man and leaving uh, another dude to die. Like if, if he's doing all of this and at the end of it, it's just going to be like, well, he got his heart broken. Yeah. I'm like, I think, I think you're I going think a little too far. I think there's more to it. Than I that. hope there's more. To I it than think, that. you know, he's been under this nine issue nightmare spell. No, he was weird before the nine issue. Oh, he's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's inconsistent. I don't. I don't want this to be a discussion about how I wish the character would be because I want Tom King to tell his story. Mm -hmm. It's just much like with the Age of X Men stuff. It feels like it's telling me the same thing over and over and over and over again, and it's just like, all right, I got it. Yeah. Tell me a story. Yep. Tell me the rest of the story. Yeah, like I, I'm, For sure. I'm, I'm losing patience with it. Yeah, it's I not, agree. It's not the plot mechanics themselves. It's the the time it's taking. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 starting to talk at me yep. instead of with me. It's starting to talk down to me. It's mm-hmm. like, get on with it. Let's go. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Although I do think I like this issue much better than I have the past ten. It's, I'm I'm I hate to say I think that's a low bar because the yeah. past ten have been middling. Well, yeah, I just, you know, I got done this and I went, oh, I didn't hate that. <laughs> so that's that's the nice thing I can say about it. I didn't hate that. I, you know what, to be fair, too, some of the nightmare issues were fun little standalones. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of whatever uh, story he's trying to tell, mm-hmm. they were so inconsequential. It's almost felt like a waste. It's just like that as fun as it was to read or see Amanda Connor's art, mm-hmm. it was almost like a waste because it technically doesn't quote-unquote matter or yeah. happen. Like, what's going I on? actually kind of liked that ep- issue. I, I thought too. that was, it fun. was hilarious. And I actually liked the silent issue. It was mostly a silent issue drawn oh, by yeah. Lee Weeks, yeah. where he's chasing down this particular bad guy wearing a mask that I haven't seen before, and he takes it off at the end, and it's the Joker. But also, what was the point of that? Why was that an entire issue? I'm not even sure what, what part of the nightmare it was. Like, what right. was it telling me? So it's just like, I, I, he, oh, Tom King just kind of was like, hey, I got a, eight issue gap yeah. in my run yeah i have some artist friends what do you guys want to do yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, no i'll make it a nightmare i'll make it yeah. a dream sequence that's fine yep. so it's it, it, that's what it feels like it feels that unplanned yep and i, I didn't appreciate that yeah 
you've got all these pieces of a puzzle, but they're not actually. I don't know. It's like I think it's a it's a. I would say I it's think, the opposite. I feel like you feel like you're trying to have a puzzle, but you haven't given us the pieces. Well, yeah. I, well, I, it's it's like um uh, like how voiceover is a like a cheat for a screenwriter. It's mm-hmm. just like how well we'll make it a dream sequence. It, yeah. it doesn't have to make sense, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just kind of keep powering through. I'm starting to get annoyed. Yeah. No, I agree. So overall, how do you feel about the books from this week? It sounds like the best thing you read was the Wild Storm from yeah. two years ago. Well, also the, one of the one of the other enjoyable things that I read this week um, was, well, I had a lot of books to catch up on when I came back, so I mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but uh, I'm really loving War of Realms, and I want you to oh, catch up yeah. so we can when issue five finally comes out, we'll talk about it yeah. because I I get event fatigue, I get that everything is like a world changing event, but in a bubble. Mm-hmm. This is just a really fun old school kind of balls to the wall story, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's getting lost in the tie-in annoyance. Oh, yeah, it's really annoying. Right? Yeah. But but the the book itself is just it's just wicked fun. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really really good. Like the Jason Aaron that wrote Original Sin, it, I think he figured out the kinks of actually dealing good. with an event. Yeah, as original opposed, sin was, I did not like that at well, all. Well, Original Sin was great concept, but it was just. Mess. Yeah, it was a yeah. mess. Also, like it doesn't the Diodato dart doesn't help. I That's think all true. we're doing is shit on Diodato today. This is a, yeah, this is a, it's cast. an anti-Diodato cast. <laughs> um, so, oh, I read Fahrenheit 451. I never read the classic novel Fahrenheit oh, nice. 451, so I did that. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, it does have a singularly masculine voice. It does not treat women well in that book. Um, yeah. But then again, it doesn't really treat anyone well. Like pretty much all of humanity is idiots in this book so um but i thought the story was interesting and it's certainly not a subtle story it's very Mm. heavy-handed ham-fisted if you will but i really enjoyed reading it i've been wanting to catch up on some old classics that i never quite got around to so um anyway i guess that's it let's wrap this beast up yeah yeah have um, have a great day all right thanks so much and we will talk to you later thanks so much for listening to spoiler alert Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.